Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mr. A. Sally Sasson in the building. And this is the set 6145. Tonight, as I stated earlier, we have Miss Anita Taylor, health and wealth practitioner. And uh, we're going to have a discussion tonight. We're going to get to know her and we're going to ask her loads of questions because, you know, being at the halftime of life, a lot of things start to change for you. And I need to know what the hell's going on. I need some help. <laughs> so I hope everybody's going to enjoy the conversation. And I hope everybody has a lot of questions. Let's rip the Band-Aid off because I know this is a hot topic and everything is going on right now with this subject. And you being a practitioner and a woman specifically, um, let's, just, let's just get it out of the way because this will take up a lot of time. Yeah. What are your feelings on the abortion issue and what is about to transpire in this country? And how do you think it will affect specifically women of color the most? Well, boy, um, I really, really, really uh, just have one thing to say, to be honest with you, gentlemen. Um, when it comes to a woman's choice and what she decides to do with her body, as a practitioner, what I can say is this. I do not have the right to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body as long as her health is not affected by it, okay? So when it comes to abortion, you know, so many people I have been, um, you know, reading on social media and, you know, I've had conversations with my friends since, uh, since this whole thing came out. And the one thing that we keep seeing is, oh, liberals this, liberals that, use protection, use, um, you know, a condom or the pullout method, quote unquote, which we call Planned Parenthood, right? Okay, but what they don't understand, or you know, most people don't realize, there's so many other reasons why a woman would have an abortion, yes. right? So we're not just talking about uh, using abortion as a form of birth control, exactly, right? So you have other issues that a woman may have, maybe it's an, an underlying condition, right, that would warrant an abortion, right? What about rape? What about rape? Are we talking about things like that? What about incest? What are we talking about? What about if your birth control method fails, right? So you've done everything that you were supposed to do. You had your, your implant and all these things and it fails. Nothing is a hundred percent, right? Exactly. And we sure. as adults, we do understand that the consequences can result in a child, but the reality of it is this, whatever we choose to do with our bodies, that should be governed by us, not governed by the government. I'm sorry. Yes. So agree wholeheartedly. So, um, before we move on from this topic, um, do you wish to speak to this at all? I mean, I speak, um, basically I have the same sentiment, you know, I, um, we're, we're telling women they can't have children. Yeah. I mean, you know, that they can't have abortions, but yet men are becoming women and we're, uh, you know, you know, we're going, we're cool with that. So I'm not even going to open up that rabbit hole, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I had a situation years ago myself that I would have a kid probably 20 something years old wow. if this, you know, was the same situation. Like, you know, don't use protection. I'm on, the, you know, the pill, this and that. And she messed up and, you know, things we weren't ready. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah exactly. things happen, and yeah. things happen, That's you know, right. so it's definitely something that should be a choice. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hold on. How about we, uh, you know, what I, Everything's I, put on a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Slip, slip. Yeah. Hey. I, listen, I, I, I'll be honest with you. 
I think that people have allowed this thing to get away from them. Yeah. I mean, in a personal way and also in the way that the government is governing the country. Mm-hmm. And people have just let this fall. Right. And the whole fact that it had to be leaked for the public to understand what was going on should tell everybody the people that you're falling over for to be like, oh, I want them in office. Listen, that person's in office right now and they were holding it as a secret against you. So now as far as a woman's choice, listen, fellas, you don't want your woman getting an abortion, do better. There you go. End of the day, do better. Train your sons better. Right? Ladies, you don't want your your daughters picking bums or looking for validation from no good dudes teach them better raise them better i i that's just how i feel but at the end of the day they should not be doing this this is completely overreaching i can but. tell you this whoever leaked it is a warrior mm-hmm. yeah. they're so, gonna go down oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's change gears so uh anita oh, oh should I call you Miss Taylor? You can call me Anita. That's fine. Okay. Oh, wait. My mother will get you. Okay. One, it's Anita. Yes. <laughs> two ends. Two ends. So if she hears this, she's going to be like, why didn't you correct me? Mm-hmm. Your name's not All right. Anita. Hold on a second. <laughs> I have to apologize to Elijah. When we were doing the promo, he pronounced your name Anita. That's right. <laughs> and, I correct, <laughs> and I corrected him. And he's like, dad, it's two ends. It's Anita. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, apologies to the assistant, Mr. Elijah James. I'm sorry. I'm so, smart. <laughs> for real. <laughs> so, Anita. Yes. You know, you bring so much to the table, but we always like to start at the foundation of where all these things started for you. So, at what point in your life do you say, you know what? Health and medicine is where I want to go. How does that come about? So I actually wanted to be a pediatrician when I was younger. Oh, wow. Aside from being a cop. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> you know, my mother was like, no, don't do that. My dad was a cop. But, um, okay. yeah, uh, I wanted to be a, a, pre- a pediatrician, excuse me. And then I wanted to be a businesswoman. Right? Okay. So when I set out to go to college, initially, I went to Brooklyn College. And my major was business management. Oh. Uh, at the time, I was working in uh, Coney Island Hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was a clerk. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my wow. my medical like, you know, uh, idea kind of just went like, uh, no, I can't do this, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I, I witnessed a lot, you know, being in the hospital from the age of 19. And I, I was just like, oh, yeah, let's go into business. Right. Wow. Uh, my minor was psychology. And I ended up doing two years in Brooklyn College and I had to take a break. Oh, wow. Okay. To be honest with you guys, uh-huh. I did two years and had one grade. What? <laughs> how, how does that happen? Oh, man. You really trying to get me in trouble, right? <laughs> Basket weaving one yeah. on <laughs> Art. And it was a D. Oh, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, and then, you know, two of my colleagues, they asked me, they said, you know, do you want to be a nurse? And I was like, uh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, do I look like a nurse? And they're like, yeah, you know, there's something about you. And I'm like, really? Okay, now. And um, I then decided I was working in labor and delivery as a clerk. And the PA there, she's like, I'll never forget her. She said, listen, if you uh, go to PA school, I'll help you. And I was like, all right, you know, cool. So I, um, I ended up transferring all of my grades 
to uh, Kingsborough <laughs> to go into their biology program. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't get my schedule changed, which was crazy, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that kind of uh, pushed me back a little bit. But then again, another colleague, which so happens to be the son of the first one who asked, he's like, do you want to be a nurse? I'm like, what is with you and your mother? Like, seriously, <laughs> come on, man. You know, I had to go in the bathroom, like, look in the mirror, like, this is, all right, nurse, yeah, okay. And, um, but to be honest with you, I, I had gained so much respect for mm -hmm. nurses. Okay. Okay. Because one thing that I learned was that nursing is not just by bedside. No. Right. Yeah. And so I said, all right, so if I can incorporate business and be an advocate, not just for, for my patients, but also for my colleagues, right, right, my staff. Okay. So Nita, you're going to, you're going to pay your dues and you're going to do bedside nursing until you can go into management where now I have more of an opportunity to be that advocate. Right. Right. So it just took off from there. I literally took a six year hiatus from school. Yeah. And then I went back. My mother was like, what are you going back to school? What are you going back? I was like, mom, uh, do you know how much money I wasted already? Like, okay, give me a chance. So took a six year hiatus. And after that, it just kept going. I became an LPN. From an LPN, I became an associate's degree RN, went back to school, got my BSN, went back to school again, got an MBA, and went back again and got an MSN and became a nurse practitioner in adult health. So, yeah, it's a lot. Before you say anything, <laughs> Sally, I have to say this. This woman is on, like, educational steroids because <laughs> you have to understand the field that she's in requires a lot of schooling, and it requires a lot of study. And in order to endure and surpass and actually complete these courses is intense. So to hear her say, I took six years off. Is a, a physician assistant similar to nursing? Like, what is it? What's the difference? Is it the schooling? So a PA or a physician assistant um, is pretty similar to a nurse practitioner. Yes. Uh, but a nurse practitioner can function independently. A PA cannot, unfortunately. The PA will need the doctor to sign off on certain things. And in the state of New York, let me not speak for other states, but in the state of New York, if you um, if you work your 3,500 hours, you uh, can then practice on your own, oh. which is how I was able to open my own practice. Oh, wow. Most people don't know that, so I just like announced that. <laughs> <laughs> Plug for herself. And, and, and do you get the doctors to sign off? Like, or they choose the doctors to sign off on you? I don't need a doctor to sign off now. No, the physician. Um, oh, physician assistant. Yes. So that whatever doctor works with the PA, that's the doctor that signs off. Gotcha. On that. Yep. So now you you complete school. Yes. Uh, which seems like uh, in sonic time, right? Do you have a clear understanding of your direction by the time you're done with school? Do you do you know? Because you know when you go to school, you you know you went through it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> love that absolutely not. love the honesty oh man come on it was like okay uh yeah i'm a nurse now um but i'm still at bedside oh man okay what are we gonna do now you know and so you you learn you research people um one thing that i did and this is what i tell all my clients too i researched those who were my supervisors Right. What degrees do these people have right. and how can I get into that position? I don't want your job, but right. how can I get into that position? Right. Right. What's the steps that this person took? And so I basically moved in that way. 
it was a lot of time. It took a lot of research. It took a lot of trial and error. Um, I literally, and, and I don't know, a lot of people don't know this either, but when I graduated from RN school, my first job was for a nonprofit. And oh, I wow. was, yeah, I was in my little bubble, you know, I'm, I'm making like twice my salary. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> and at the time I'm in my twenties. So I was rich, you know, <laughs> and, um, nine months later with an associate's degree, I became their first nurse manager. And then two weeks later, I became the interim vice president of all healthcare services. Jesus Christ. Right. And this was through a merger. Okay. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I literally like throughout my career, I've been thrown into the fire mm. and it's like, you know, taking that child, you know, down to the pool and you're like, all right, throw you in and see if you can swim. No floaties. You know, no floaters. All right. If you have a, a little, uh, you know, what you call that thing, you know, we'll pull you out if you start drowning. No, my mentors were like, drown, <laughs> drown. Okay, we'll, we'll help you out once you, you know, like suck in all the water. But they gave you like, the Navy SEALs. Uh... Pretty much. It was like, help me, I'm getting beat up. You know? But um, everything that I've gone through, to be honest with you, I, I have to say thank you, you know, mm -hmm. because it, it at the time, of course, when you're in it and I'm still in it, let's. Yeah. Right? But when you're going through it, all you can think about is, man, what did I get into? <laughs> you know, how can I get out? But then you're like, no, this is what I wanted. Right. This is what I wanted. This is what I have to do. Right. So it's all a blessing. All a blessing. I, I, I have to ask you this because the, the way that you're uh, portraying the story and you're explaining your perspective at the time, your upbringing you know, you had both your parents. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Because I heard you say your dad and your mom. Uh, so my dad and my mom actually split up when I was ten. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. we, uh, we lived in East New York. Let me start there. So I actually lived with my grandmother, my mom, my sister, and my brother in Bed Stuy. Right. Wow. This is in the beginning when my mom and my dad were like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. They were together for 17 years. Okay. But a lot of it was before I was even thought of, you know? Uh -huh. um, but then we all moved to East New York. And then unfortunately my parents, they, you know, they separated, which is, you know, your common story. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so then from there, we, my mom, my sister, my brother and I, we moved to uh, Sheepshead Bay Housing Projects. Ah. Yeah. So my, the most of my upbringing was in a single parent home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, thank God I had the mother and still have the mother that I do have because my mom, man, she's a warrior. And, you know, it's crazy because I actually have the, um, how can I say, I call it a blessing because I was raised where my dad was a police officer. So, you know, you have that nine to five, he's a civil servant, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom, my mom was an entrepreneur. So my mother in the seventies, she had a restaurant right here on Hamilton Avenue, oh, wow. Hamilton Hut. Right. So my mother has always had this like entrepreneurial um, brain. Spirit, yeah, yeah. spirit. Right. So it was like, all right, here's my mom. She's teaching me about money. I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four. And she's just like, OK, you know, you, you need a business. So I'm like, OK, you know. Yeah. And by the time I was like eight, I have a business. Wow. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm cute, you know. Lemonade stand one. I'm just saying. So, you know, as this cute little chubby girl with the dimples, um, I'm selling cakes. I get the cakes from the church and I'm going door to door with my sister. You know, my sister's my big sister, love her to death. And I'm just like knocking on doors. Hey, selling cakes. 
and I'm selling them for like, I bought them for maybe 50 cents and I'm selling them for like a dollar. And they're like, oh, you're so cute. Here's five. And I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give my sister a cut. But um, yeah, you know, it was uh, challenging also because my mom was also a fourth parent. Okay. And during the time that we uh, moved to Sheep's at Bay, I actually lost two brothers. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was it was rough because um, I was 12 when I lost my first brother to gun violence. Oh, wow. And my brother was my best friend. So, you know, it was it was it was tough. And this was all before his 25th birthday. Oh. And then uh, not too long after I was 13 and I lost another brother to gun violence. So oh, wow. It was it was very rough um, watching my mom decline. You know, mm. so you lose a child and, you know, your, your kids are not tough. supposed to go before you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I had to figure out a lot, you know, on my own because at that point, and, you know, you hear this a lot in, in families where, okay, the parent now becomes more dependent on you, right? right? So for me, whether that was the truth or not, I felt like, okay, hey, I have to step up. Yeah. And now I have to figure out my life, you know? And at such a young age, you you just start your brain just starts going. And now you're like, OK, I have to work. You know, I have to figure things out. I'm 12, but I'm over there with my little notepad. Like, OK, I need a business. You know, how are we going to you know, start this? I'm like, yeah, Jay-Z and uh, 50 Cent about to write to you to be your protege. OK. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was a great upbringing. You know, mm-hmm. not to discredit my parents or anything like that, but it, it was not as easy as people would think it was, mm-hmm. you know. None of it. Well, I think the point I was trying to, to, to get to was who was the driving force behind your ambition. Mm-hmm. And it sounds clear to me that both your parents played a role, but your mother was really the driving force behind it all. That gave you that get up and go. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Um, to hear so young going through that, that's tough. That yeah. really is tough. Um, so now <clears throat> you come out of this environment and learn these lessons rather early. What is the first outside of that position and going through that merger? What is the first like major move that you make that you start to say, you know what? This changes what I need and I'm going to jump in head first and make this happen for myself. I want to be my own person. Ooh, um, wow. Becoming... You know, I started my business in 2016, right? Mm. And the reason I started my business, I started as a career and education advancement coach. Let's okay. start there. And I this was uh, 2016, but I had gone to a conference in 2015. So at the time, I was the uh, medical department manager for the New York Times. Okay. And a lot of people don't even know that, you know, NYT or a lot of these businesses have a medical department. So it was occupational health. So I'm managing the medical department. I'm like, you know, this is great, you know, but I still want my business, you know. So I ended up going to a National Nurses in uh, Business Association conference in Vegas. And, you know, I'm watching all these nurses and they're up there. And this one nurse, she gets up there and she says, I made a million dollars in nursing. I'm like, what? How <laughs> sweet. <You know? laughs> okay. I'm doing it wrong. Like, Wait a minute. You know. So then she gets up there and she's telling us, you know, all the things that she's done. She was the first one to get a CPR contract with Merrill Lynch. Mm. Like, ma'am, she said, I didn't even have a CPR license. She's like, <laughs> she's, wow. she's like, I wasn't an instructor, but there was an opportunity. Right. So now she's just going through the motions and she's telling us, so I'm sitting there. And afterwards I went up to her and I said, listen, you know, I have all these great ideas in my head. You know, everything's in on a book, you know, written down all these things. And she's like, 
okay, so tell me about yourself. So I'm telling her, I said, you know, a lot of people call me, they call me all the time and I help people um, along their journey because I had nothing but time on my hands and I worked as a clerk. And so I did a lot of research on my own. I had to do a lot on my own. Unfortunately, I did not have that solid mentor that had the experience that I could, you know, look toward. Right. This woman literally looked at me and she goes, are you charging these people? <laughs> Hello. I was like, no. She's like, um, I hate to say this, but are you dumb? I was uh, like, what? <laughs> oh my God. And so she says, no, don't be offended. She's like, because I've been there. She said, but what I'm trying to tell you is that's your business. Your brain is your business. Your experience is your business. And I was like, all right. Then good friend of mine, Mr. Joseph, mm -hmm. right? He recommended me for a uh, speed mentoring uh, program with uh, Jumani Williams' office. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't do this. I'm not set. I don't, I don't have a legitimate business right now. You know, that forced me to actually get my LLC. And nice. yes, so that forced me to get my LLC, although I didn't do the event, but I was like, okay, now I have this business, right? Leaving New York Times in 2020, right in the beginning of the pandemic was, it was rough, right? I Very much so. Yeah, I was unemployed. Um, and people will think, how are you unemployed? You're a nurse. So you're a nurse practitioner. You know, how are you unemployed? I'm like, I was unemployed. <laughs> I was like, All right, listen. And, you know, we're like negotiating. They want me to come back. Now I know my worth. I'm like, oh, you know, here's what I need. Right. A couple of weeks later, my dad passes away from COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was rough, you know, and it's my story. And I always tell people it's my story. Yes. And thank you for your condolences. But no. it's the story of so many of us. Yes. There's so many of us. And it's like whether or not we want to say it or not, but this is where we have camaraderie. For <laughs> sure. It's, it's, it's rough. Whether it affected you personally or, you know, indirectly, it's, it's still all our stories. So, you know, at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm not going. Oh, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this COVID thing is. And, you know, everybody's getting it. And um, I don't know. I just, I really, this is at the pivotal moment where I said, you know what? I have to do more. So I pretty much hibernated for like two months and I was trying to figure it out. And I was like in this deep, dark space in my life. And I'm just like, how can I help other people? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, what can I do that can help prevent this? So I just like literally dove in. I started, you know, with um, these, uh, you guys have a podcast. I was just, like I said, I'm sitting in front of a camera by myself and I'm talking. Hey guys, <laughs> hope you're safe out there, you know, because this was the quarantine phase, right? Right. And when I finally did put myself back on the market, this was uh, in September, well, August, um, I actually started working for a uh, FQHC, which is a federally uh, funded health center. Okay. And right in the heart of Flatbush, where I'm looking around and I'm like, man, these are my people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and these are the people that we need to be helping. So what are we doing? You know, this is great. Right. Um, I, I then asked the, uh, the, um, the supervisor, you know, would you mind if I gave the patients food? Mm. Yeah, because you want to talk about food desert. Yeah, there are a lot of restaurants over there, but where's the healthy food? Kennedy fried chicken everywhere. Hello. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So, gun store, gun store, liquor store. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, let's not get it twisted. We'll eat that fried chicken. Yeah. You know? yeah. But on a, a, a daily basis, no. And then I started looking at um, the statistics and I'm like, man, these are the people, our people, mm-hmm. who culturally, we have these diets, love the food, but these are the ones that are affected by what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it started just like, okay, I'm all in. It's either you're in or you're out. I'm mm-hmm. all in. And I just went all in. And that, that's that was the linchpin. That was it. Okay. That was it. Wow. It's a long story, I know, but no, no, know, no, no, no. You know. Definitely good story. Shout out to uh you gotta switch. Wrong camera. Shout out to our guy Joseph uh, Estrella, actually, um, and the VIP room over here. So we want to thank him for um, bringing us over here and having us, um, you know, do our podcast out of here. Any guy, anybody looking for parties or anything, hit up Joe Estrella and um, Joe Star. You guys know him as uh, for the um, party events. Um, is nurse practitioner um, like your field that you're in? Is that a heavy saturated? Is it a lot of competition? So, you know, I'll put it to you like this. There are a lot of nurse practitioners out there, right? There are not a lot of minority nurse practitioners out there. Really? Yes. And see, when I say minority, um, I had an interview once and I said that there was a lack of, or should I say, underrepresentation. I can't reach out to my peers and be like, hey, you know, let's start this together. Let's do this NPs. Let's go. No, I can't do that. Mm. You know, so I'm coming from a position where not only am I a black woman but in this field, but I'm also an African-American woman in this field. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about being a black woman in nursing, it's usually Caribbean. Yes. I am not. Right. Right. So I found myself, you know, not just as a nurse practitioner, but even when I worked in Coney Island Hospital, I found myself as a minority because, you know, it was always, you know, she's too American. And I'm like, what is that? What that Yankee girl doing here? I'm like, wait a minute. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) But. You know, so you you tend to you tend to cope, right? right? And and we're all one, so it is what it is. We all have the same interests in mind, at mm-hmm. least I would hope so, and that's yes. to help the people. But the reality of it is, you know, to answer your question honestly, there are nurse practitioners out there, yes, but when it comes to minority nurse practitioners or black nurse practitioners, it's not a lot. Wow, no. that's learning something new. Mm-hmm. I would have imagined that. <clears throat> Like minds connect, mm-hmm. and even uh, even if you're a Yankee or from the Caribbean, <laughs> as they say, that there's still a semblance of, you know, kindred spirit sort of thing going on there, or familiarity, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, and, and and I'm not trying to sound sexist. Sometimes the females could be a little. Hey, I, I, I'm just Hold saying. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> But now let, let's talk about uh, something that you touched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're speaking about food deserts and diets. Yes. Now, do you feel with the design of, of our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, how do you think is the best way to communicate to our people um, 
to eat better because it's such a touchy conversation to begin with. Yeah. If you don't eat, that means that you're starving yourself. When you say diet, that's what people instantly think. That's what I always thought. Right. But diet is just basically what you consume on a daily basis. Correct. And who is going to be the person or, you know, how do we start delivering the message that we don't have to eat the full plate that can serve three? Like, how do we break that? Oh, well, um, in American culture, first of all. Yes. Right. Let's start there. Yes. Um, American culture. And, and I want to say diet is based on culture. Yes, it it's is. based on culture because you can't say that one diet is is suitable for everyone because it's not right. You mm -hmm. have vegans, you have um, people who are diabetic and their diet is, is different, you know, so. When it comes to who do we teach and how do we get the message across, right? Mm -hmm. I thought about this. I thought about this a lot. And this actually goes back to uh, something that I proposed to a school and one of my partners, my business partners. Um, start with the children. Mm. Because we as adults, you know, it's, it's rough <laughs> because we've grown up on certain diets. Like I said, my mom owned a restaurant. It was a soul food restaurant, oh. right? Exactly. <laughs> so um, I actually, you know, growing up, I was a very healthy child. You know? <laughs> I have to I have to watch how I speak. You know, uh -huh. I called my niece squishy the other day and she was like, oh, wow. Uh, I was like, you're so squishy. I was like, that means fat. <laughs> like, she's six. Okay. I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, um, but as I got older, that's what I was used to. Right. right. So, you know, I would go to the gym and I'll do these fad diets and all this. And, you know, it's just like, ah, OK, yo-yoing and all these things. Right. Right. But then as I progress into my career and not just my career, but just in life in general. Mm -hmm. And Mr. A, you touched on something. You said this midlife. I just turned 40. I wasn't Ooh. trying to. I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't trying to rope you in on that. No, I'm just no, I'm speaking from our perspective. <laughs> no, it's cool. You get in there. Nah. Listen, hey, but and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, we we are so accustomed to eating a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. I just lost 80 pounds. Where? Yes. I lost <laughs> 80 pounds. I lost <laughs> 80 pounds. Right. Wait, but why don't and I don't mean to cut you off. Why don't you tell the audience how that came to be? Oh, I am. All right. Wonderful. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> yes. Listen up, ladies. Pay attention. So, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> okay. But um, I lost 80 pounds when I started to take my mental health into consideration. Oh, she's doing it now. Mm -hmm. So you touched on something when you said health and wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my slogan, health and wealth. So when I say wellness... And, and, you know, you can say it's preachy if you like, but oh, no. when I say wellness, that's overall wellness, right? Yes. Because overall wellness creates balance. Balance creates freedom, right? Yes, it does. So a few years back, um, you know, I was like other people, you know, you, you get comfortable, you're in a relationship, things don't go right, blah, 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 blah. You find yourself gaining weight, all these things, right? So after I took my life into my own hands mm. and I'm going to say it that way. Yes. I then started focusing on underlying reasons why I was overeating, why I couldn't stick to a proper diet. And I want to, I want to say what a proper diet is, right? Yes. Please. And I, I'm going to touch on this very delicately mm -hmm. because like I said, diet is 
cultural. Cultural, yeah. Right. So a proper diet would be a diet that is balanced, a diet that helps to keep your blood sugar levels balanced, right? right. Helps to eliminate the risk of heart disease, mm. helps to eliminate the risk of kidney illnesses, right? So you want to make sure your electrolytes are balanced, right? And unfortunately, we have this thing where we drink a lot of caffeine mm -hmm. and consume a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I looked over here twice. Get him, get him. <laughs> so, and you know, what does that cause? Dehydration. Yes. Right. It throws your entire body off, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so starting with my mental health, mm -hmm. I started to feel, you know, okay, what's really causing me to overeat? I was stressed and I was depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And my life was all about other people. Mm. My life was all about making sure everyone else from my job to my family, to my relationship, making sure everyone else was well. Wow. And, you know, it's unfortunate because this is not just a woman thing. And, and I want to touch on that gentleman because you guys go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of times we speak about women. We speak about women being, you know, that that pillar of the family where they're taking care of the kids. They take, take care of the house. They go to work. They go to school. They do this. Gentlemen, unfortunately for you, you are part of the underserved. <laughs> yeah. You're part of the underserved because whether it's a cultural thing, you don't take care of yourself. Nope. You know, it, it's funny because when I speak to my male clients, right? please oh my gosh they'll come in with their significant other or their mom or someone and i'm asking them pertinent questions about their health and they're looking at the woman like well can you answer that <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they're like wait a minute let me get my wife for a second because she knows the last time i went to the doctor and you know it it just it, it becomes um it's a family thing yes you know? and that's why i go back to the kids yeah so kids Believe it or not, a lot of times when you teach a child something or if you're in the home with children and that kid knows, OK, we're going to set a, a, an alarm or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Kids will remind you. Oh, yes, they will. Right. <laughs> They're little yeah. reminders. Yes. yes They're little yes. post-it notes. <laughs> They'll remind you. Right. It's like, OK, again, my niece yesterday, her birthday um, was Monday. So I took her out to eat mm. and I said, you can have whatever you want. She's like, whatever I want. I'm like, yes, you with the cool auntie. Right. <laughs> so she's like, okay. So the gentleman came over and he's like, so what do you ladies want to drink? She looks up. She goes, soda. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said whatever. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the reason she did it that way is because she knows she doesn't drink soda. Right. She doesn't drink it at her house in her home. Right. And she knows this is something that dad and mom they're just like you know what it's not so good for you so you shouldn't consume it so when she's home and my sister goes to buy a soda or something mama, she's like mommy you know you're not supposed to drink that soda <laughs> or she's like mommy you're supposed to be exercising and she'll call me and she's lifting her little weights and i'm like what are you doing she's like zumba <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's um it's 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 challenging it's challenging right. you know right but um one thing that I can say is this, because COVID, you know, has highlighted so much, COVID has also given people like this conduit 
to speak about their health. It has opened up so many doors for people to now say, okay, maybe I need to get it under control a little bit. You know? Right. Right. So it's, um, you can lead a horse to water, right? We always say that. But you can't make them think. You can't. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's really yeah. at the forefront of it all. I yeah. mean, the reality is the information that you're sharing and the things you're speaking to are all things that are familiar to the audience. And we all know them. We all share them. They're yeah. all things that we do or have done. Right. And we're in that conditioned mind state. Correct. That puts us on a path to just, this is what I do. Right. Right. However, when somebody starts feeding you tidbits of information, we don't jump with both feet and start saying, you know what? I need to learn about this. Right. And it's then and only then that a person can really make a transformation, if you would. And and, and I think it's amazing that you spoke to the mental health part of it all. Mm-hmm. Because what a lot of people don't realize is when you're not good up here, everything else follows. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely correct. Because think about it. If you're stressed, right, your whole body is stressed, right? Everything is just off. If you're going through a depression, again, everything is off. Mm-hmm. What happens? And I just did a um, like a seminar about health and wealth, how your financial management um, affects your wellness. Right. Right. And I had a financial advisor come in and she and I, you know, we went through this whole series of things. And so I asked the audience, I said, you know, do you know what the it's called? The, the double D's. Right. So. Mm. <laughs> Now you're talking get. my language. <laughs> it's about to get interesting. Now you're my language. You had me at hello. <laughs> so, you know what? Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, that was good. That was good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there was a study done mm-hmm. that said the more debt you're in, the higher your diastolic blood pressure is. Oh, wow. Right. It really doesn't matter if you're young, if you're older, middle age, it doesn't matter. Why? Because you're in debt, you're worried, you're stressed, you're, you know, and then it's a whole cycle. So now you're eating poorly. Right. You're eating poorly because let's think about that for a second. If we walk outside and we only have $10 in our pocket, right? And a salad is $15 Mm -hmm. for grilled chicken and some lettuce. Yeah. Right. But then you have the chicken spot Mm -hmm. and you can get a six piece with some fries and man, that sounds good. Okay. A six piece (laughs) (laughs) with some fries, a roll, a soda. Or if you're lucky, you get that water over there. There you go. Or some beef and broccoli with an egg roll. There you go. Right. So now we have a choice. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to eat the way that we were because what we can't afford it or we eat healthy and spend our last $10 and that's not going to stretch. So it's rough, right? So now you're back to being stressed. And not only that, okay, so now you can't afford, um, you know, a healthy meal. Mm -hmm. You're stressed out. So you're overeating. Some people don't eat. I'm not that person, but you can't now digest your food properly. Mm -hmm. So you're bloated. You're sluggish. Why? Because your GI tract, your GI system, that's a whole organ system, right? So this this organ system that you now need to flush out your body, whatever you're putting into your body, 
is going to take a longer time to now come out. Wow. Right. So if it's going to take a longer time to come out, how do you think your body's going to feel? Slow. Correct. You're bloated. And now this just contributes to you feeling super stressed. Mm. <laughs> right. And then what happens? People don't go to the doctor. Why don't you go to the doctor? We don't want to know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Men. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. But yeah. So you have now, you're not going to the doctor. You may have heartburn. You may even have an ulcer. Yep. So you have stress on top of eating poorly. Now you have an ulcer. Now what? You're not going to the doctor because maybe you can't even afford to go to the doctor because maybe you don't even have insurance. Oh, well, wow. that's another thing we need to talk about, right? Yes. Okay. And then some people, like you said, Mr. A, they don't want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know your body. You know, people. we know when it's off, right? But sometimes you don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. I know people personally who who come to me and they're just like, hey, you know, um, can you prescribe me some blood pressure medication? And I'm like, when was the last time you went to your doctor? <laughs> and they're like, you know, I, I don't want to go to the doctor right now because, you know, I know what he's going to say. No, you don't. Uh-huh. No, they know because everything that you were supposed to do, that plan that you put together with your provider, whether it's a doctor, an NP, a PA, you didn't stick to it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not your scapegoat. Like, I'm, I'm not that person that's going to be like, all right, here, I'll slide you. No, 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 no. Because now I'm going to treat you the same way because now guess what? You're my patient. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge. Man. Tough terrain. Tough it, terrain. It is, it is. But we can do it. Yes, we, we can. can do it. And, and I don't believe, I do not, let me quote, I do not believe in that saying, if I can do it, you can do it too. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. Whew, no. What I do believe is if you want to do it, you can do it. If you have guidance to do it, you can do it. If you have information and you trust the person that is there to help you along your journey, that can be, and you, you said that, Mr. A, Sally is your accountability partner. Right. My conscious. I love it. Like <laughs> when you did that introduction, I'm sitting there like, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, that simple reminder. Yeah. You know, you have a friend that's that's on you, like, hey, listen, brother, we need to do this. Yep. Are you on top of it? You know, we're on top of this together. And on top of that, now you have your provider that you 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 trust. Right. And see, one thing that a lot of people come to me and they say is, you know, I my doctor, I'm not too sure. You know, my my NP, I'm not just not too sure if I, um, you know, want to tell them certain things. Mm. And I say, well, you do know, you know, I ask them certain questions and I say, this is part of your wellness. Yeah. You have to feel comfortable enough and confident in your provider enough to freely tell them what's going on with you so they can help you in the right way. They can guide you in the right way. And what I also tell people is this, when it comes to whether it's the diet, changes, things like that, you have to be a part of that plan. And Absolutely. You know, old school, right? Old school, you'll hear like my mom. Well, you know, my doctor said I got to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And I say, okay, well, how do you feel? Let's talk about it, you know? And they follow blindly. Mm-hmm. 
ask for more information. It's your right. Yeah. You know, someone tells you something and then they, they write a script. No, question mm. it. Be your own advocate. And that's the thing. A lot of us don't have an advocate. Well, hopefully that'll change. And not only that, but hopefully we can have that in the part two. Because mm. if you're just joining the show, you're out of luck. You missed out. You're going to have to watch it on the rerun. Go to the YouTube page, subscribe, follow, check it out. Amazing, amazing conversation with Miss Anita Taylor. I had to get it correct. Anita, um, before we go, um, I want to just tell you, you're, you're part of the set family. If there's anything that you're doing in the future that needs some sort of promotion or that needs attention that, that our audience should see, you just reach out. The platform is yours at any time. And uh, we're so appreciative of you giving us your time. And uh, we definitely hope that we're going to have a part two on a much broader scale conversation. Maybe we could find out what's up with that ring on Anita's finger. Oh, there's no ring. <laughs> That's the point. See, I ployed you into that one. <laughs> Dom's all over. Yeah, yeah. Dom, Dom is already man. shooting his shot Dom in the shoot. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Taking applications. <No. laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, I do appreciate you having me on the show. Of course. Uh, this has been fantastic. Like I said, it's my first time sitting down, you know, it, cameras and other people not just in front of my own you know, so this was wonderful uh so thank you i i really appreciate this amazing and thank, thank you. you for your time we're going to close out the show ladies and gentlemen we will see you next week salute to our guy uh chin i'll say chino i was going to call him by his government all the time chino our, our printer over at casey customs for you on instagram go get your set hoodies t-shirts hat whatever um next week we will be having another guest and uh Sully, any uh, closing words before yeah. we go? Yeah. Um, if Saturday, if you're coming out, if you got your tickets, comedy show at the VIP room. If you didn't get your tickets, you shit out of luck. Sold out. Yep. And uh, happy Mother's Day. Yes. Ladies, love you all. My niece Amber, it's her first uh, Mother's Day. Enjoy it. Talk to you guys soon. We're out of here, people. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Love to everybody in the room. All right. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, 7 p.m.